after spending the past several years carefully examining and studying God's word from the book of Luke, today we'll begin a similar journey into this book of Ephesians. And I'm, as I said, I'm especially excited about this particular study because I know that it will take us into some of the deepest realms of the heart and the plan of God. And it will reveal to us things that we've never known before. And I'm excited about that. And we can be confident that that will take place because like all of the other words of these scriptures, these words are the very breath of God. The very breath of God. We're told that in 2 Timothy 3, that all Scripture, of which this is a portion of it, all Scripture is breathed out, is God-breathed, breathed out by God, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be, or woman of God, may be complete and equipped for every good work. This book of Ephesians will do all of those things within you and me because its words have an actual power of God in them. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that flows through these words. They were breathed out by Him. They were written by the Holy Spirit. So we have God's Spirit flowing through them, expressing to us doctrine and theology and precepts and commands and instructions in righteousness. And the only thing that God asks of you and me is that we would open our hearts and our minds to receive it. And if we are willing to do that, to receive it, and we have to do that, may I pause for a moment and say to you that just knowing these words is not enough. Not at all. You and I have to receive it. It's a whole other step in belief. So if you and I are willing to receive it, then we will surely be changed by it. Changed into the the very image of Christ. And we'll be doing things that we've never done before. And we'll be wanting to do those things. We'll be wanting to be His witnesses as He has called us to do. And And we'll be wanting to disciple and and carry on forward all the many things of Christ that He did while He was here with us. And never again being just hearers of the Word, but instead also being doers of the Word. Some weeks back I spoke on the subject of precepts being necessary before application. Acknowledging that we dare not go on forth and try to give others the precepts of God unless we first know them. And we embrace them for ourselves. And there have been many well-intended men and women who have erred in this. And they've taken others with them, other trusting listeners down wrong pathways that they're traveling down. Well intended, but still wrong pathways. But as we study this precious book of Ephesians, God will be faithful 
He will be faithful to instill in us the real truth that we will need to impart to others. Truth that will lead them and us to eternal life in Him. Now with all that being said, may we begin with the reading of these first words of of chapter 1. And I'll confess to you again, as I said a moment ago, that we'll probably not get too far in this study each week because these words are just so filled to overflowing with precious insights into the very heart of God, His mind, His thinking, His plans. So, if you will, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3, and we will talk about them today. Follow along with me, if you will, verses 1 through 3. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now these words begin as most of the books of the Bible do, especially the epistles, uh, begin with a salutation. But those, it's not just a salutation, because what it's doing for us is it's clearly revealing to us to whom this epistle, the words of this epistle, is addressed. It is addressed to, and listen, it is addressed to and intended for the understanding of saints. Not only saints, but that are faithful in Christ Jesus. They are saints and they are faithful in Christ Jesus. A saint is someone who has already received Christ as Savior and Lord. And they are saved. And that's important for you and me as believers to know. And that's why unbelievers, though they are able to read the words, cannot truly grasp the meaning. No matter how scholarly and intellectual an unbelieving reader might be, these words will always be foreign and beyond their spiritual comprehension. Granted, yes, an unbeliever might gain some academic insight and might be able, in an academic sense, to argue the validity of these words. And we do see that often over in the university settings and in other academic settings such as those. But listen, as we know from the words of 1 Corinthians 2, spiritual truths, and these are spiritual truths, spiritual truths can only be accurately discerned by the Holy Spirit dwelling within a person. And so then, even the most brilliant of secular minds, though they know the words their knowledge will be devoid of that special power that lives within these words. And these words do have power in them. They do have power within them. Enormous power. Power to change souls, ours and others, and to save each of us to the uttermost. How do we know that? Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God, and these are the words of God, for the word, is God, word of God is living and powerful 
and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce even to the division of soul and spirit and joint and marrow, and to discern the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. There's power there. And it says that no creature is hidden from these insights. This is a power in these words that cannot be avoided. They are filled, these words are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And they are living and they are powerful. And they are, as it's as said there just a moment ago, they're sharper than any double-edged sword and they're able to reach so deeply within us that they'll make changes in you and me. If we are a saint, if we are a faithful believer in Christ Jesus, they will make a change in us. And that change will be to righteousness. Now looking on further here, these next few words here in Ephesians chapter 1, they also now give us a clear understanding of who is speaking forth these words. Yes, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. But who is speaking, who is saying these words? Folks, listen, it's God himself. So often readers of these words and speakers and preachers get all caught up in emphasizing the, that the Apostle Paul wrote these words. And yes, the Apostle Paul did have the privilege of penning these words. But these are not his words. These are not his words. He is simply the messenger, no more and no less. And he says that. Grace to you. I am saying to you. I am talking to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a messenger, and he is no more than that. God gave these words verbatim, and Paul is simply delivering the message exactly as God gave the words and their meaning to him. And note carefully that the words of this verse clearly establish God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ as being equal. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And each truly is equal within the Trinity. A lot of doctrine being given to us here. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they are truly equal. They are one. They are all co-equal members of the same person, God. And I believe that we in this congregation have the proper understanding of the equality that is within the Trinity. But some people do get all of that confused in their minds. And you've probably heard people making statements to that effect. Some even thinking that the red letters that indicate the words of Jesus are more important or perhaps more valid than those that are printed in black that are not Jesus' words. And that's not true. That is not true. God is God. And God is one. And every word within these scriptures, we just read this, every word within these scriptures carry with them the same validity. They are all God-breathed. They were given by the Holy Spirit. Even the words of Jesus was given to the writer by the Holy Spirit. And yes, each person within the Trinity does have a different function. And they carry forward their purposes in different manners and ways. But they are ever and always one, and they are part of each other, and they are co-equal. 
And they are humble in what they do. God, the Father, gives us the Son. The Son reveals the Father. The Holy Spirit reveals the Son. They do not vie for position within the Trinity. They are all equal and they all want us to know what the other one, they each want us to know what the other one is all about. The Son sits at the right hand of God the Father and He intercedes for you and me. It says so in the Scriptures for our sinful behaviors. The Holy Spirit also, though, intercedes on our behalf. It says with groans that you and I cannot understand. All of them having their particular purpose that they do on our behalf. And again, these words, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. They're given to you and me so that we can know for sure that then the next words that are that we're going to read came directly from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. And that is, he's saying to us, that's why we need to accept each word that's given here as being from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus. And each word is divine and is completely trustworthy. And so then we move into verse 3. And there we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Here again, we see this complete agreement that takes place within the Trinity. And especially so as it would benefit you and me. The simple words, blessed, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. They reveal to us a condition that is existent within the Trinity. Blessed is a condition of satisfaction, of contentment, that is existing there within the relationship of the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And especially as it relates to you and me and the salvation that Christ wrought for us there on the cross. And what these words are hearkening back to is something that I spoke about or we spoke about in a message just recently. And it's the word that's used to tell us that what Christ did on the cross was a propitiation. It's also translated as expiation. But it was that which brings satisfaction to the mind of God. Let me read those verses again for us. Uh, one of them is from Romans 3. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, listen, whom God set forth as a propitiation for his, by His blood through faith. And then in 1 John 4, verse 10, we read, In this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Now, that's not a word that we use very often. As a matter of fact, I almost never use it in any conversation except having to do with Scripture and with what the Lord Jesus did for us. But this word propitiation has a twofold meaning to it. And it's often, again, translated, as I said, expiation. And the difference between those, and I, and I want you to bear with me on this, expiation emphasizes the removal of guilt through a payment of a penalty. In other words, there's no more guilt there. 
And the word propitiation emphasizes the satisfaction of the payment in full of the debt, all of which then relieves God of having to execute judgment upon you and me for our sins. In other words, so when he says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, there is this condition that prevails within the Trinity of where God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are fully satisfied with all that has taken place. Jesus was here on the earth and all that he did took care of what you and I needed as that atonement for our sins. And so now as the three are there in the Trinity, they're living within a blessed condition of satisfaction. God the Father in full agreement with his Son. Now, the next thought that comes immediately to mind is, what are these spiritual blessings in heavenly places that God the Father will bless us with? Do those blessings include temporal blessings such as take place on the earth? Perhaps. But we need to understand that the focus here in these words is not on temporal blessings. Yes, it will lead out into what we do in this life, but the spiritual blessings are from another realm. And they're beginning and an impact And it all takes place from there in heaven. And again, with that blessing then reaching on out to you and me in our temporal realm. And I'd like to repeat something I said a moment ago. The spiritual blessings begin with our penalty for sin having been satisfied in the heart of God. We've been reconciled to Him. And now He's ready to give us a spiritual blessing. And that spiritual blessing begins the moment then that we receive Christ in our salvation. The first spiritual blessing is Him giving us His Holy Spirit to live within us the moment that we receive salvation. Let me say that again. The spiritual blessings from the heavenly places is Him first giving us His Holy Spirit. And the moment that you and I receive Christ as our Savior we received His Holy Spirit. Now, along with His Holy Spirit came all the blessings of the Holy Spirit. Came His character. The character of the Holy Spirit is expressed within the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So when He came to live in my life, in also came all of His fruits of His Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. All of those came to live within me. And so I'm without excuse because love is within me. Peace is within me. Joy is within me. And I have no excuse for not having that be a part of my life every day. A spiritual blessing that is beyond anything that you see taking place in the world. People out there pursue all of these things and they never find it. But you and I have it inside our heart through the Holy Spirit. And at the same time, He not only gives us His fruits, He gives us gifts, special gifts. Some of those gifts of the Spirit. And each of us get at least one of those. He gives us at least one spiritual gift. Some of those gifts are wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, gifts of prophecy. Prophecy is that which a, a preacher... An evangelist uses. Uh, It is speaking forth the words of God. 
interpretation of tongues, speaking in tongues. Those are all spiritual gifts, and they are given from those heavenly realms that he's talking about here, but they extend on out into us so that your and my walk with Christ can be a walk of the Spirit and not that old walk. We have been changed. And that's what I was referring to a while ago. You and I are changed by what Christ is doing for us and by the Holy Spirit living with us. Now, one other spiritual blessing, and I'll close. And it's spoken about there in the book of Acts. Now, not only do we receive the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit the moment we're saved, this indwelling Holy Spirit, it's spoken of in the book of Acts, a pouring out of His Spirit upon us, an extra measure of His Holy Spirit that is given to us to equip us and empower us for special, very special tasks and callings, spiritual blessings from heavenly places in Christ, giving you and me power to do things that we've never been able to do before. John the Baptist said in Matthew 3, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then in Acts 1, Jesus said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Those of us who have received Christ Jesus have and will continue to receive spiritual blessings that are beyond anything that you and I could ever imagine. They are being put to our account by God Himself. Spiritual power, spiritual fire that we've never known before. And if you and I are not experiencing those, then we need to dig deeper into what we're studying here. We'll close for now. But next week, we're going to begin to study God's special explanation of how you and I came to be sitting in this church, standing in this church today. He says so right here in these words. So please, I look forward to next week. Let me just close with these words. And praise be to God for this indescribable free gift. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Let's pray.